From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Well, chilly out there this morning. Good morning, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. I don't know what the temperature is, but it feels delicious. I uh, went to bed last night with my windows open and a box fan in there going at uh, just under afterburner speed to cool down the house. And um, walked out into the living room and it felt like I was in a sauna. The difference, the temperature differences in my own home was pretty amazing. (laughs) I think I've created my own weather system inside the house. But it's a beautiful day, unless you're going to go out and do any fishing, because, of course, with the north uh, northwest wind that's going to be blowing pretty pretty uh, mightily all day today, it's going to be a, a rough day out on the bay, especially out on the Gulf. So, Good, unless, good luck to those in the panhandle yeah, the unless, last weekend. Unless you're going to find uh, a nice cove to go sit in and wait until fish warm up enough to where they feel like actually eating something. I'm talking about hunting. Uh, hunting there, too, yeah. The 27 degrees last weekend up in Pensacola, which just blew my mind. But that Global warming. Uh, yeah, it is. It's exactly what it's not. And uh, <laughs> here in it the studio. It is warming. Uh, okay. I, uh, the people in Texas would beg to differ with you right now. <laughs> Maybe in the Antarctic. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a little warmer there. But uh, we're live here in the studios today. We appreciate you listening, getting up early. Of course, uh, I'm Braden Gunn. There's Jonathan. He's back. He's hanging out with us. No pig show today. So, <laughs> no no illnesses or pig shows this yeah, weekend. That's so. good. Bill George uh, drug his Lousy burger in back in here today. And I have my illnesses and my issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got his uh, butt hurt stuff going on as well. And, of course, Diego is over there uh, glowing in the afterglow of a nice Pork sandwich of some sort, chicken biscuit. No oh, chicken biscuit. No, yeah, I didn't. Know. Like I said, at the, the other end, I said, like I said in the elevator coming up this morning. You're this is getting scary, but you and Diego are going to be the two healthiest ones on the show here. The way things are going. Well, we'll see. You know, Lord willing, <laughs> uh, it's what it is. Well, well, hopefully my issue is just temporary. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, you know. ED is, you know, you can get that fixed. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of pills, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're only five minutes in, man. Uh, so, uh, welcome in, everybody. I hope everybody got their emails and their uh, messages sent into the FWC by 5 o'clock yesterday. And, uh, you know, put in their two cents worth on the FWC's upcoming commission meeting that's going to be covering... A lot of stuff. Oh, it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff. This is a, you know, I've been focusing a lot on the fishing rule, you know, that there or the red tide update, but there's a lot in this, you know, this this commission meeting. Well, there's going to be, I think, because of the press that we've had locally here on uh, radio and television, uh, that uh, I think one of the biggest ones is going to be, of course, uh, a 
a uh, well-coordinated attack from the animal rights people that, uh, you know, somehow or another uh, fishermen that are down on the Skyway Pier that are fishing down there for grouper and whatever else they can hook, sheep's head, maybe a few little spannies or whatever it is that they're going after, somehow or another have taken it upon themselves to go out and go brown pelican uh, seeking. And then when they catch them, I guess the only trophy that you can take off of it is if you scalp them. You know, so that you can have a scalp to take back uh, and show your friends at work. Look, I got 35 pelicans this past weekend. Woohoo! Uh, which, you of course. A, put them on a keychain? Which, yeah. I, or use them as Bill George says, maybe as bait. Uh, you know, it's like a fly. What? You know, I, I, you know. Now, like I said, I've been at every commission meeting except two since, you know, a long, long time now. Okay? Last commission meeting, there was quite a few people calling about the pelicans, and and, and it was really anti-fishermen, anti, you know, at, at the same time as wanting FWC to do more for awareness and everything else about what's going on with the pelicans, and and I, I mean, the pelicans are getting hooked, the pelicans are getting people's bait, um, you know, they're, they're doing what pelicans they're, do. They're, they're, there is an issue there. But what they want to see happen, the animal rights people, is there to be no fishing. They just assume you not fish at all. Yeah. Skyway or anywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's not just there. You know, it's like anything else. Uh, you know, birthing pens for pigs is cruel and unusual punishment while you're raising other pigs. So... Uh, you know, no one reads it, no one sees it. They put it on a bill, and now for some reason it's on in our constitution. State constitution. It's in our shagging constitution yeah. in the state of Florida, and <clears throat> all it takes is people not paying attention and going, "Well," and then they hear the bleeding uh, part of it and go in there and vote with their feelings instead of the facts, and then next thing you know, we got uh, pig crate rules attached to our state constitution. <laughs> And um, yeah, tell me about that. <laughs> the the uh, written comments that were uh, asked for by the FWC, if you were going to write in on it, uh, a lot of people are saying you can still do it, but it said that it was due by the nineteenth at five p.m. Well, what <clears throat> what that is is if you present something on that form, that form that that information is then put into a packet that each commissioner gets as part of that rulemaking process for that item, okay? Mm -hmm. If you do not get it in by that time, staff does not have time to properly get it and put it into the packet for them to have. Yeah, okay? if, you, if you go to the link now, you're just going to get a little message that says this form is currently private and cannot be viewed by the public. Yes, and so, <clears throat> but at any point, you can always... Email commissioners at myfwc.com on yeah. any subject that you that you wish to do it. Yeah. There's also if you go to their myfwc.com, you can go there and there's a link. Uh, if you go down to the commissioners, that you can email the commissioners at any point in time, and and they do get those emails. The thing about it, <clears throat> if you go through, if you actually, I, I did mine by phone. Uh, I was sitting in the parking lot with about uh, ten minutes to spare. And so I wrote in and did my two cents. I had to pick an option, you know, because uh, they have all the things listed on the agenda of what you're 
referring to uh, and what you want to speak about. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, it says, you know, other. <laughs> and so uh, because nothing that I wanted to put on there was on the agenda that's coming up for the meeting, which a lot of people are doing. <clears throat> so I went in there and gave them my two cents on the Brown Pelican. And then I also gave them my two cents on what I, I believe as as a stakeholder here in the state of Florida uh, would like to see happen with uh, Tampa Bay. So uh, it took five minutes to write out what you wanted and send it in and go. It sure makes it <clears throat> a lot easier than having to get up, try to uh, duck out of work either early or show up late because it starts at 9 a.m. And uh, I know a lot of people are going to be at work by then, so the best time to do it is was is now. Yeah, yes, in, in that, like I said, all that data goes into every every commission meeting. What that were there in person, the commissioners have a big binder with a lot of tabs on it, and all that information is given to the commissioners. Yeah. Well, this one here, if you if you go, this meeting is basically uh, they're looking at uh, rules for invasive reptiles, as it seems like they're always looking at that some reason. Rules. Rule. Uh, let's let's talk about the rules for that. Uh, there are no rules. <laughs> there, there, there are going to be some rules. Yeah, going to see, and even if they may even see if they but can ban I, some that are coming I, in. But. I, I will say, you know, on the some of those things, they were going to outright try and make a green iguana a prohibited species, and that you couldn't possess one in any way. Okay, shape, or from form. that set of rules. Okay, I got okay, you. and. I was thought you were talking about the rules to get rid of them. <laughs> let's get one thing straight. The green iguana is out the gate, okay? Yeah. It, it is there. It is. It is. is it, you it's know. just like the python. You're not going to make a big dent in preventing somebody from having one of those in an aquarium because the alternative is they're just going to let them run loose outside and treat them as a pet outside. Yeah. Like people do with all the other yeah. wildlife. That yeah. we have, mm -hmm. just let it go, <clears throat> and it'll be fine. It and it will live there. Yeah, somebody might come get it, just like they might get your house cat if you leave it out. You know, but yeah. Well, that was one of them. Of course, there's also some uh, final rules on the proposed rule changes for the uh, 21, 22 season hunting season coming up. Final amendment rules for. Uh, Hunting regulations specific to uh, area regulations on wildlife management areas, wildlife and environmental areas, miscellaneous ideas, uh, areas, and to conform hunting dates uh, to calendar year date changes, all that kind of good stuff like that. Sure. If you have comments on that, you can do that. Chronic wasting disease prevention measures as well. Uh, those things are all supposedly on the agenda. Uh, boating restriction areas proposed until May. Uh, looking around Jupiter Narrows and other places, maybe not from around here, you know, that we're too worried about, but it's still something that you should look at. And uh, draft rule restricting hunting areas establishment. Staff will present draft of uh, rule amendments related to establishing restricted hunting areas and bird sanctuaries. So that might be something that everybody wants to talk about. But uh there's a lot of stuff on there that's going to be talked about that is not on the agenda list. And uh, as I mentioned, the uh, the out the outcomes of some hooked brown pelicans on the Skyway is first and foremost, I think, in a lot of people's minds, 
in the animal rights world over there that's and their only solution as Bill George pointed out no matter where you go is there's there's no talk about putting a monitor out there or maybe stringing some fishing line across certain areas that keep birds from flying over no, or no deterrence no deterrence or uh, you know well, taking uh, or putting some deterrence on another section of the bridge that's been closed down that's now become a rookery where they all hang out and wait for the fishermen to show up. You know, there's no scattering them to the winds, per se. Uh, well, but they, uh, their whole solution to everything is stop the fishing. Stop all the fishing. Fishing. Cast netting, anything, fishing. Mm-hmm. It's got a hook on it, or if there's, if you're going to uh, mercilessly uh, As they, as they drive to their smart cars that pollute the earth and everything else, too. So, you they're going to, uh, yeah. fishing, stop it. You must end the fishing. Please continue to preach at me. <laughs> Got to end the fishing, Bill George. End the segment. Yeah, end the segment. Taking a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Everybody on this chilly Saturday morning here at the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting live from inside the toasty, warm Beasley Broadcasting Empire over in the lovely areas of St. Petersburg, Florida. Of course, uh, this morning, Braden, Jonathan, Bill George, and Diego hanging out with you this morning. If you have an issue with anything or you'd like to give us a call, you're always welcome. It's 888-404-1010. Triple eight four zero four ten ten. You can call on anything. We're we're like the FWC. We have an open agenda, so you can just. <laughs> it doesn't really doesn't really matter what it is if it's outdoor related any kind of thing. You can go ahead and give us a call, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll do our best to <clears throat> entertain you or and, answer a question and, or whatever. And we try and help where we can. I'm I'm curious to hear back from Alan. See if he made it up to the spots in which I recommended uh, to take the youth hunting for turkey this spring. See if he had a chance to go go do some scouting. Go go do some scouting. See if uh, that intel intel was uh, accurate right. at the moment. Go check uh, it out. Go see what's going on. It's all good. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the FWC and their uh, meeting that's coming up here pretty soon. What is it? The twenty. 25th, 26th, what is it? It's 25th and 26th. Yeah, 25th, 26th. And online. O- online and on television and everywhere else that you want to do it. If you want to uh, get a hold of them, you can do it via email. Uh, you can call. You can do that if you want to. It's all good. It's not very difficult. As I pointed out, I did mine. I did mine online actually with my phone, just basically like sending a text message, you go in there, you fill it out, and you do your thing. Of course, being able to do that is now over, so you're going to have to be required to either call or you're going to be required to uh, send an email and do it that way. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the 
the agenda items that are going to be coming up in the meeting and a couple of them that are going to be outside the box. One is going to be a lot of people voicing their concerns about what should happen with Tampa Bay, if it's going to be opening up or not. And um, the other one, of course, is the Brown Pelican, which um, I will say if you kind of look at the both proposals side by side, they're not much different. You have a group of people who want to shut down fishing on the on the Skyway because somehow you know there's a few brown pelicans that get hooked by fishermen. Well, and there's then supposedly you have, a lot more than a few. And then if you uh, look on the other side of it, you have a, a few people uh, here in the Tampa Bay area who want to shut down fishing uh, in Tampa Bay because they don't feel that it should be open because uh, they don't feel that there's enough fish out there to sustain being able to keep a few. So, in a way, they're not much different from each other. Uh, they both want to shut down fishing, but just they have different no, reasons for doing it. They don't want to shut down fishing. They want to keep you from keeping the fish. I understand, but uh, those people that are out there fishing on the Skyway, chances oh, are they're, yeah. they're not fishing out there to catch and release. No, no. Yeah. Those are all fishermen looking. They're taking something home. Looking for something to eat, so, put on the table. Like I said, they're very similar to each other because yeah. you have people in Tampa Bay who would like to go catch a redfish or a trout or perhaps even a snook and take it home. Yep. And there's oh, a lot very of, much so. And there's a lot of people out there who don't want you to have that yeah. ability because they don't think that the numbers support the, well, uh, the well, actions of being able to take a couple of them home. Well, right now, and I, this, this, this whole COVID thing, is not going away anytime soon and it's there are a lot of people that are hurting out there and the fish that we have closed down in our fishery are the fish that are accessible to those on welfare and everything else that don't need a fishing license these are the fish that you can go out there and wade off of the Courtney Campbell Causeway and and catch a trout a snook a redfish and we, we can't do that. They'll tell you, if you want to keep fish, go offshore. That guy can't go offshore. Yeah, can't get into the middle of the bay to go get triple tail. And, uh, you know, can't go chase down cobia somewhere around markers or stingrays and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they fish for well, coastal fish. Th- these are people that are hurting, that need to put food on the table. And we need to open this fishery back up to them. And it's been closed too long. Well, and you talk about that. Like something for me that's happened over the last, and I've noticed this over the last couple of months, and you hit the nail on the head. I've had people calling me asking me about just meat hog hunts and stuff, uh, stuff of that nature, because it's just like you said, they can't afford to go to the grocery store. They can't go to, you know, just jump in their car and go because either they've lost their job, they've done other certain things. But my biggest problem is to me, and listening to the debate for the last couple of weeks with not being here, it's it's like I've said to Braden, I've said it to you, I look at it kind of as the Ronald Reagan effect of, okay, we're starting here, but let's look at it as it trickles down the hill, what else it affects. Because my problem is, and I look at it not only as an outfitter or somebody who makes money, I take people in the woods to go hunting, but from a guy who owns an archery shop that sells equipment to people to do this stuff. 
So, well, and you know, what about your mom and pop bait shops? What correct. about your, what about these little hotels and places that people go? I mean, we used to go, our family used to go to Inglewood as a family, you know, what about those places? What about the restaurants that you can do, uh, you know, a hook and Catch cook. and cook, yeah. A hook and cook, yeah. yeah I mean, sure. let, let's talk about all that stuff. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, it's. I, I think a lot of that has uh, merit. And if you'd like to expand on that, you can call the FWC and let them know. Uh, and maybe some of the other stuff on the agenda if you'd like to speak about it. Uh, my only concern is is you you need to make sure that you're putting in your two cents worth. As I pointed yeah. out, when I did the original post and it got shared uh, about 10 times or so, uh, uh, we reached over 30,000 people. And, and and you had people who said definitely keep it closed. You had people who said definitely it needs to open. Well, it's easy to do it when you're on social media, but to take the time, as Bill George says, to let the people that make those decisions know about it because I, I don't get to make that rule. I don't get to change it. You have to get the your words out in front of the people who make those decisions. And uh, then when I posted a thing on there that said, here's a link on where you can go and put in your two cents worth, you know, everybody was like, eh, 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 that, that's, uh, that's work. That's uh, more than a like or a quick I, comment. I got I to gotta click on two different links to, to get there, and I just, you know, I don't have time for that. And the thing is, you don't... I'm not saying everybody has to agree with me or Jonathan or, or, or you, Brayden. You know, we all can have opinions, but at the end of the day, we need to make sure that what we're doing is, A, good for the wildlife and good for all the people, well, not 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 a subset of the people. Well, and you bust my chops about this all the time, but I wish that we would get a group in there that would go by the science and make decisions based off the facts, not based off of... Listen, can I tell you, the the commissioners aren't even given the real facts I know. sometimes. Yeah. I know. They're not given the real facts. Are they just guesstimates, Bill George? No. No, they're what some staff wants to give them as facts. Okay. Yeah. I'll go over that a little bit more here in a little bit. You sure you don't want to weigh in on Kim Kardashian uh, filing for a divorce? Did she? I don't know. We'll get back. <laughs> Take a break. Is she available? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Go. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Chilly Saturday morning. Uh, Front came pushing through. Feels deliciously nice out there this morning. Nice and cool. Uh, it's going to warm up tomorrow. It's going to be a better day. Probably be in the uh, low 70s tomorrow. It's going to chill out again. a little bit. And then Monday, whang, it comes rolling back in again. But uh, I would like to take this opportunity to uh, acknowledge all the uh, kinfolk that I have that are currently uh, smarter than the average bear when it comes to uh, winter uh, conditions and stuff. My sister who we've spoken to on this show, um, being a uh, Texas girl and knowing the the cycles no, of the uh, weather. In I, other words, what you're saying is they didn't let that power conglomerate winterize their stuff like apparently happened to some other things? Well, see, when you grow up there and you live there and you're there all the time <laughs> and 
you marry a guy who's in construction who knows a bunch of other million and a half people, and uh, his family's also involved in the, in the oil business. You understand that, you know, if we put one of them 65,000K uh, generators out there in the back, if we ever have hurricane problems, uh, you know, we could fire that bad boy up and power the entire dang neighborhood. Oh, oh, so you're like me, the people who look at me and say, oh, well, that why did you put that generator on your house when you built your house? Uh. <laughs> Her husband, Neil, uh, finagled through whatever means they finagle out there. Uh, there's these big, giant generators that the oil companies use that literally power the entire Yes. Rig. Yes. It's one generator, and they, you know, fire that bad boy up and do it their thing. It powers everything. So uh, the neighbors and he and the smart guys in the hood said, hey, you know what? We should buy one of those. You Let's know, all for, get together and make our own power. <laughs> for hurricane season. <laughs> build a nice little barn, put it in that bad boy, uh, put about a 1,000-gallon diesel tank over there next to it. Let her eat. And keep it there and for uh, when hurricanes are in Victoria. It's in the path of the storms of mm-hmm. hurricanes. So let's do that. And, uh, of course, she said we never thought we'd ever have to use it for winter. But, uh, you know, they have people. They invited everybody around. They got Their houses are all full of people because they said. Uh, oh, super spreader event. Yeah, sure. Super spreader. Yeah. If you want to sleep outside uh, where it's safe, go right ahead. But. <laughs> Um, or you can come in here and have a few uh, margaritas, you know, in the blender, <laughs> and uh, stay nice and warm. We have uh, coffee. We have, mar- you know. Yeah. So uh, she's she's up there, and, and a lot of people are going through H E W. You know what? Up there, man. It is. It's they're not used well, to that stuff. And, and it just it's like it. It's like we're talking about with all this stuff, you know, with the brown pelicans and everything else. I look at these people sometimes and I wonder to myself, they're the first people who, if a storm goes through like that, they're screaming their heads off because they don't have their electronics, they don't have their Starbucks open, they don't have their whatever, but yet they'll be the first people that would look at somebody like your sister or you or me or Bill or anybody else who's... You know, kind of oh, self-sufficient. What, what what do you got that plug for your generator to plug into your box? And what do you do this for? And what do you do that for? Uh, because that way, when the power goes out, <laughs> we can well, still function. <laughs> I, I do. I have learned a long, long time ago. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy in the house. And a generator that runs the AC in our hurricane season yes, sir. is a must. <laughs> yes, okay? That keeps the air a little bit drier. Then, okay. Then three hundred dollar self standing units you but, run out of a window or they get real cheap in a hurry. But but, <laughs> but I will tell you that, you know, that runs the AC. Everything else for me is propane and propane accessories. Well, and that's that's the other thing. Uh, I was talking to her and she said uh, a lot of girls at work, a lot of people, their families and stuff are out there uh, in the in the compound uh, of the neighborhood. And all the neighbors brought in uh, families and stuff to be able to stay there, family members and all that stuff. And, of course, all the, they're watching television and all the grocery stores and everything are all empty. And uh, they're sitting there with water 
freezers full of um, of uh, deer meat and wild fish. hog and, <laughs> and fish and everything else that they went out and caught and were prepared for because they've always thought that way. And uh, so they're out there doing what Bill George would do. They have all these visitors out there. They're taking large chunks of whatever and throwing it on the grill. They're outside cooking and barbecuing and having a good old time. Now, as Jonathan pointed out, there are people who are suffering as well that uh, maybe will learn something from this experience, as as a lot of people had to learn it here in Florida when they moved down here and they go, oh, I've, I've seen those hurricanes on TV. It's not so bad. Uh, you know, I've seen some flooding down there in Shore Acres. Ah, it's not so bad. <laughs> uh, you not know, Shore I, Acres. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's not so bad. I've seen it on TV. There's a couple of streets. Uh, and so if you're going to move to an area that's like that with the ability to change quickly, then you should be prepared for it. I mean, I'm not poo-pooing those people that are out there suffering, but, dude, you, you should always be prepared. And that's the problem with this ramen noodle society is you think that you can go grab something off a shelf, throw it in a microwave, and in two minutes be eating food. Well, uh, and, and it doesn't always happen that way. It, it, you got to be prepared for this kind of stuff. Well, and it's like you and, like you and Steve Austin have said with the new amount of gun owners. I've had people who I will literally tell you right now, point blank, that I never in my life thought would ask me about, hey, will you take me hunting? And it's like, you know, kind of like the what the, huh? Sure, why not? You know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'd love to. And it's, and I had somebody say exactly what you just said. They're like, there's one thing that I know if crap hits the fan, whose house I could go to and get protein <laughs> of I, some kind. And I'm like, uh, that we, used yeah. to hear, we used to hear that here at the radio station on a, uh, at least a yearly basis. Steve, I, you know, we were considered the, uh, you know, the gun nuts, the uh, Bambi killers, you know, the things, anything you could think of. But when the crap hits the fan. Oh, you know, hey, well, we know who else to go to. And Steve also be the first to go, uh-uh, boy. When that last sandbag goes up, you don't step in my yard. Uh, you, you, don't knock. Don't don't even. Uh, you know, once a compound is complete, uh-uh, you're not getting in it. Yeah, your your day is done. Good luck. Well, you, you had your chance, but uh, it all goes. Door is shut. It all goes back to circles back around to the fact that you need to uh, be prepared, and we need to have the uh, Tampa Bay open up so that people who could prepare. Maybe well, could take some fish fillets and put it in their freezers, or maybe eat it while they can. Now, it's it's all good. At least that's the way I look at it. That's my two cents, and that's what I put out there. Uh, you may not agree with it. That's okay. That's what America's all about. I'm not going to go break your store windows or march down the street if you uh, think differently than I do when it comes to fishing. But if you don't want to keep them, that's fine, and you should feel the same way about me. I'm not going to overfish. I'm not the guy who's going to go out there and put uh, 18 uh, fish on one hook on a stringer and take it home. Uh, not to say that there's not people out there who would do that, but there there's also, always people who are going to do that, and they always do. And you know what? And they're, they're going to do. But the thing is, they're the same guys that would cast net 15 snook. Well, but and the thing, the thing is, home. is those are the people, and we've all seen them before. Those are the people who, as I like to say, like the fillet and release technique and would go and buy a $50,000 center console boat and go out and fillet a fish that they're not supposed to keep and bring it home. You know what? If you're that 
to me, I'm sorry, and I say it just like this. If you're that stupid, go right ahead. Mm. If you want to keep a fish that bad, go ahead. I mean, I'm not going to do it mm. just because, well, but you you know what I'm saying. Yeah, fillet a fish. That's all I heard. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. The <laughs> fillet and release technique or the guys that were. Sure. You're going to have that. And, and you always will. And we don't like them no more than the anti-fishermen or the captains or anybody. I mean, I know everybody in this room likes to try to stay above board with everything they do. I look at it this way. If it's a family of four or some guy living in the woods and he's back there with a with a 18 or 16-inch redfish on a stick cooking it over a fire, I really don't care. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't care. If the guy's going to sit down and that's his one and only meal for the day, dude, good on you. And, you know, good on you for uh, getting out there and picking a good one. That's. I mean, what it, what it, what, what, the guy's got to eat. You know, I mean, if he, if he chooses to live out there under a blue tarp somewhere off of uh, San Martin Boulevard, uh, then uh, that's what he's well, going to do. Well, the ones I feel for in some of all this stuff with this closure, when FWC clearly knows that we don't need the closure, is the law enforcement officer. Imagine having to be the guy going out there and telling that guy yeah, exactly. on welfare that he he he's not legally allowed to keep that and exactly go get yourself a couple of flounder and uh, a cobia and then you'll be fine. Yeah, go you know go offshore and get you some 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 Key West grunts or, or some go, tuna or yeah, you know, go, go, uh, go get you uh, you know no Goliath. But that officer has to be the beanie. And they're being put in that position, you know, yeah. with, and it's without a, a lot of position. thought to them having to do that. Yeah. yeah. Got to be the bad guy. Sometimes you got to be the bad guy. We've been the bad guy for three weeks, two weeks now. Uh, it is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're going to take a break. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be back. Free fishing, free fishing day. Well, you know, if you're over 65, uh, it's every day's free fishing day, so it's no big deal. Uh, welcome <laughs> back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Bill, George, and Diego in the studio today. And before we get the uh, top of the hour, uh, talking about the FWC's upcoming uh, agenda meeting, it's on the 25th, 26th of this month. <laughs> So what you need to do is uh, get your two cents in either now via email. The messaging part of it that you could do uh, was over with yesterday. So you got to get it in there uh, this week, whether you agree with uh, the fishing, the brown pelicans, with uh, hunting regulations, whatever it is that may be on the agenda or not on the agenda. And where can they go, Bill, to find out what's in the particulars? I. <sighs> If you go to myfwc.com at the bottom, it says commission meetings. There's an agenda, and on that agenda, there's links to all the different topics, presentations, and everything else. And and part of my comment earlier about the data that the commissioners are given, when they're looking at the red tide closures and that, 
the data they're given are not what is the data surrounding the red tide event. They're saying, well, if you look at the 20-year average, we're lower than we were 20 years ago. Well, how many more miles of, you know, mangroves, you know, how much better was the seagrass? How much better was the water quality 20 years ago? We can't compare to that. The only thing that matters with the executive order and whether or not to rescind it is whether or not we are recovered from whatever ill effects the red tide gave us. And the only data that matters is the data surrounding pre that and post that in just those couple of years, um, 2017 through 2020, those three years worth of data are what's critical. And the commissioners are not given that data from staff. That data is not in the commissioner's packet from staff. My public comment that I submitted via email was a whole series of graphs of FWRI data that has every species that the FWRI catches through hall sains, river sains, bay sains, all these these things that they go out. This isn't fish that were hungry. They put out a great big sain net, and then that they count everything. every fish that's in there yeah. to determine where we are. And they do this month after month after month, all year long. They do this. Now, they don't do every type of same for every species because it's not it's not what they do. But there's very, very consistent results of where we are. And we are very healthy. Even down in Charlotte Harbor, if you look down at some of their numbers mm -hmm. down there, who are they doing good on, on FWRI data? So if you believe the science and you believe that, and somebody like Gil sits up there in the middle of the commission meeting at the very beginning of this whole snook closure and says the snook were not infected. They can go up in the rivers. They got away from it. They have the ability to move. But yet we've continued a closure that certain people want to do. And it, it, it's time that it ends, you know. And those commissioners hopefully will see that data and actually start asking some questions about what the real numbers are, because people need to understand that um, this generic thing that says, "Hey, we're we're lower than we were 20 years ago," it doesn't have any effect on whether or not to open or close mm -hmm. that. It has to do with your management goals for a species and where we are in regards to those management goals. We like trout. We've been way above our management goals. Even before the closure, North Florida, where there actually were had terrible mm -hmm. numbers, guess what happened? Those guys got up there and fought FWC hook and nail when it came to redoing the trout regulations. They can still keep five, and they were below management goals. Yep. But they were active, and they were active because their guiding up there is a catch-and-take service that they offer and that's what their clients come from they come from georgia and everywhere else they want to come catch some fish cake them home and eat them that's right okay yeah and so you know we we 
say the words guides and captains a lot, but there, there is such a diversity in captains. We know captains out there that just soon take you and a kid and let you go out there and catch fish, take them home, and, and eat them, and are happy to see you do it. Sure. We have other captains that, that offer catch and release only. That's their, their prerogative. And discourage you from keeping fish. And discourage you from keeping fish. And that's that's okay if well, that's what they want to do. And then, you know what, though? They should actually put that into their flyers or their uh, advertising, uh, merchandising, or whatever it is that they do, you know, that I'm a catch and release only captain. Uh, you know, whatever. Or, uh, you know, no fish harmed in our fishing adventures. Whatever it is. Wow. So that somebody knows before they go. Uh, that's why you always want to check that kind of stuff out. It's well, like if you were going to go on a hunting adventure. Hey, Jonathan, can I go up and can I shoot a pig? No, sir. All you can do, you can shoot it with a camera. Well, then uh, that's not for me. Um, I don't need pictures of pigs. I would rather have a picture of my plate of uh, me eating the pig. A pork uh, chop. Yeah, a pork chop. So, uh, I, I, you know, with this this whole thing with the numbers, I know you've said this from the very beginning, and that's the thing that always kills me is, you know, for you to be able to go and find those numbers takes a lot of digging. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of knowing where to go and where to go and uh, through trial and error. I mean, uh, well, you, you found a- these numbers and found these charts. And if you take a look at them, it's pretty amazing how the fishing literally went from 2617 to now it's like a giant spike, uh, you know, on on all three of those species that are supposedly so brutally beaten back. And so the data, that's all, you know, uh, the data should help guide that. Any management goals that we want to have, those conversations are other conversations. There's there's a whole process every time. And we just went through it with trout, okay? They, they managed to get their way with the trout. And now we can only keep three trout in the southwest region, even though we're the only ones that are still above management goals. And now they've gone after flounder as well. They've uh, well, reduced flounder, the size of that, you know, that you can only keep, what, five? Yeah. That, and uh, they were, uh, they've moved the slot limit up to, I think, what, 14? 14 right? inches. They made it where, you, you know, and that's coming out here very soon the end of the month yeah the beginning of next month those rules and take i wonder why that is maybe because they're now being overfished because people can't go catch other species of fish to eat so you can go out there because you know flounder is one of those ones you can get from shore you know you can go out to the sandbars you can go out of the areas off the skyway there's areas where you can wade out to and uh, be able to get them without having to have a boat well and like something I was thinking about the other day, I have a friend that lives in one of your old haunts in Venice, Louisiana, and he was telling me about we were we got on this subject talking about the fish regulations and everything else, and he laughed. He told me he goes, he said, I would love it for someone to come in here and try to say this, especially there at the marina and stuff like that. Because that's a life's blood for those people there. Yeah, and remember that industry was never going to come back. It was totally destroyed by BP. And that place. Never, ever, ever recover. Yeah, and that place is a perfect example of it. To see the pictures and to see the TV shows that people film out of there. Oh, yeah, they drive there for that. And that's what they do. There's a, I mean, the marina itself is built and based off of captains who take people out 
to catch fish. Just like what you're talking about. To keep. That travel there for that reason, to keep and take home fish. I look at Captain Duvall's page when I, uh, you know, we've had him on the show before, you know, our Cajun captain up there. <clears throat> there there's three or four people Whacking that got them. on a boat, and they're, they're coming in, and they got a cooler full of redfish. And I literally, even as a fisherman who lives here in the state of Florida, I go, Dude, can they really sustain that right there? I mean, that is a lot of, that's one guy. You know, one guide going out there with three clients and they're filling up a cooler. And, you know, there's got to be at least another 200 of them that are just like him uh, that are out there doing their thing. And somehow or another, you know, they're fine. They're, they could sustain that uh, population uh, even after, you know, well, and they were never going to recover after the BP oil spill. Well, and people yeah, like that, saying. my way of looking at it is, is, that's the way they make their living. I mean, this is the thing that I argument that I have with animal rights people. I've had with people from the agricultural side of it and everything else. It frankly pisses me off that they get after people like that. What do you think, people? That's how they make their living. So do you think for one second that they're not going to be the ones who are just as in tune and care about the well-being of that ecosystem? That's, I mean... It's not common sense. That's just the problem that I have with it. But, it is common sense, but not for some other co- yeah. common people. It, it's just the way it is. Well, anyway, the agenda is going to be up on the 25th, 26th of this month. Please do us all a favor and put in your two cents. Either you agree with us or you don't, or you may have another opinion. That's perfectly fine. And one one of the things I'm doing is I'm working on some stuff right now where I can make some of this data a little bit more publicly available. I like it. And and then what we're going to do is I will share that, and, and we can turn around and, and do it. Because people need to understand what the real science is mm-hmm. regarding this fishery around the red tide event. Okay. You know, they, they need to understand it, 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 Yes. There's a lot of people that just like to go out there and catch fish and let them go. That's, that's all fine. But we got a lot of people who need to put food on the table, who need something to eat. And this is what they have access to for little to no money. Yeah. You can go. Well, and like you said before, if you want to keep a fish, you should be able to keep a fish. Well, there, I there, mean, there are some rules that govern this, some laws, and it's it's called the public trust doctrine. And these fish are to be here for the people. the The waterways are to be here for the people, and that goes so back into ancient law, and, and it came to the colonies. And FWC could be sued. I, I I really would like to see, you know, and I haven't asked for it yet. How many tickets have been written, and and if that executive order was to be questioned uh, to its validity, you know, could you could you call into question any of those tickets that were written off of it? Tickets for what? Uh, taking a fish during a closed season due to executive order due to red tide. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I could see that. If, if there was really no reason to keep it continued in there, a slick lawyer could probably get you taken off of that pretty darn quick. You probably get that right out of there. There's no reason to. Or, as you said, file a lawsuit, which uh, we hate to uh, see. And I'm but. not going to sue FWC. I'm trying hard to, to get them to do what's right. Um, I'm not going to be the one to file a lawsuit. I think there would be an easy lawsuit to be had uh, going back to the public trust doctrine. But that's going to be somebody else. My method, 
I, I, I've determined this. If, if FWC doesn't do what they're supposed to do and what's right for the people, I'm going to encourage the people to contact their representatives in legislature and the governor. Just they can turn around and do what they need to do. But if not, that's who the people we needed to go to is is our, our government and say, hey, you appointed these people. These are your people. Make them do right. I think you'd get your point across better if you were standing in front of a television camera with a scrow- uh, scalped brown pelican and uh, weeping tears. <laughs> you'd probably get a lot. I probably would. You'd probably get a lot more sympathy. All right, we're taking a break. Top of the hour. Big and Wild Outdoors, Hour 2 is right around the corner. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right here.